I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast, For the Health of It. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Hey folks, Dr. Joe Esposito here. We're going to talk about long COVID today. Now, I've been in practice a long time, certainly through COVID, and a lot of people have sent me questions, and a lot of patients have come in, and a lot of people I know have sent me messages from all over the country, all over the world. They have long COVID. They think they have long COVID. Let's talk about what it is, what the research is showing, and then hopefully what you can do about it. Now, this is not, I'm not going to talk about vaccines. Please don't ask me about vaccines. This is strictly about what the research is showing for people that have long COVID. Now, it can be debilitating. It's estimated about 10% of the people that have COVID now have long COVID, and there's more than 200 symptoms identified with long COVID. So it's not something we can say, hey, there it is. It's really easy to, to figure out. And it usually impacts multiple organ systems. So it could be your heart, the lungs, the liver, the spleen, the colon, the digestive system. The most astounding fact about this, as I did the research, is that those who suffered a a harsh, acute attack from COVID usually don't get the long COVID. It's usually the people that had mild COVID symptoms. They're the ones that seem to get long COVID more often. Now, it's an important fact to keep in mind because at least 65 million people worldwide are estimated to have this long COVID syndrome. And it's tough because we've had a lot of people come in with it. And I'll talk about the symptoms in just a second, uh, what it is. Uh, cases are increasing daily. More and more people are coming up having it. And more and more people are coming up with it because they never realized it. I'm tired. I'm burned out. In fact, if you do a search on what millennials are looking for on the internet, one of the things millennials are looking for is burnout, fatigue. What do I do for it? Well, it may be that some or a lot of that group might have something called long COVID. And there's some supportive protocols we can do, and not everybody has the same impact. I might have lung issues. You might have fatigue issues. Somebody else might have digestive issues. So it's really hard to come up with, and I'll talk about this later. There is no test for it. It's based strictly on symptoms. So the damage of long COVID uh, has been determined to be attributed to immune-mediated response of chronic inflammation. So what does that mean? Your body has an inflammatory reaction. The immune system attacks it, and the immune system continues to keep attacking this inflammatory area. So the initial attack might be uh, brutal on the immune system. And if anybody had COVID, a severe case of it, uh, you know what it's like. It'll kick your fanny. And it went away for a while, and I'm starting to see an uptick now. More and more people are testing positive again for it. And the biggest problem is the organ damage and inflammation that the viruses inflict. And in some cases, uh, continual presence of the virus is an issue. In other cases, it attacked the heart. We'll cover the heart a little later. The uh, viruses attack the heart. Inflammatory reaction occurred. Cells were weakened. Mitochondria were attacked. I'll talk about that in a little bit, too. And so now the body keeps sending an immune response to this area because the area is so damaged. So it's this ongoing autoimmune response, not autoimmune response, it's an immune response that's happening, causes the inflammation. And when the mitochondria are attacked, which again, we'll talk about in a second, the mitochondria generate energy in the body. 
And this is what we think happened. Not sure yet. This is some hypothesis are. The virus got in and it attacked the mitochondria. It made the mitochondria weak. So the mitochondria is weak, so it can't utilize vitamin D properly. Vitamin D builds up the immune system. So the virus was smart enough to weaken the area that would uh, kind of take out the defenses of the body. And so when the mitochondria attack, they can't generate electricity. The cells don't utilize vitamin D properly. And now the virus was able to set up shop. Now, it's a hypothesis. We're very early on in the research here. But I'm just letting you know what's happening. And we'll talk about what to do about it too. So a lot of research, regardless of what symptoms you have, there's a certain protocol that seems to work the best. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So early research shows increasing risk of long COVID after a second or third infection, especially. And a lot of people had it several times. You had COVID one time, it's pretty bad, got worse. Now, there's no protection in double vaccinated and triple vaccinated people from this. That's what the research is showing. So again, I'm not here to talk about vaccines, but this is what the research is showing. COVID patients do not necessarily have to have underlying risk factors that plagued so many people in the beginning. If you remember, when COVID first came out, and I'm sure you do, um, people that were at high risk seemed to have the worst cases of it. Uh, people that had heart disease, diabetes, obesity, uh, the elderly, people with low vitamin D levels. These are the people that seem to be affected the most with COVID. And early on, if you remember, we talked about laying people face down and putting a tube down their throat to help them breathe. And then we found out, oh, maybe that wasn't the best approach because it was debilitating and many people died from that. So this is an ongoing process. We're all learning about this. And I promise you five, 10 years from now, we'll have new research, probably next year we'll have new research. And this is what we have as of today. Now, the virulent strains came around early on, people caught it, the virus is mutated, our immune system's mutated, it's been this ongoing battle. What happens with viruses is viruses really don't wanna kill their host. They kill the host, they die too. So the viruses change, and then we come up with medication or bacteria. They change. Okay, we have a, let's say we have a, a bacterial infection and we have an antibiotic that works really well. Well, the bacteria will then change to become resistant to the, and this bacteria would be, would, would be antibiotics, and they mutate. And that's exactly what's happening with this as what we expected. This is how viruses work. They mutate to sometimes get weaker so that they don't kill off the host. They realize, again, they, this is again, you know, talking as if they're humans. The viruses realize I'm killing off too many hosts. I've got to do something about this. So many times the virus can mutate. Now, I'm not a virologist. I'm not a, you know, that's not my specialty, but this is what the research is showing. So the important thing is that protocols for long COVID must address inflammation and organ damage rather than the abrupt immune attack. The abrupt immune attack happened, caused the damage, and now it's continuing this long COVID. So what do we do when the body becomes inflamed? What do we do when the organs become weak? Now, the organ, the liver, for example, the liver can regenerate itself. The, organ, the liver is one of the most amazing organs in the body. Well, they're all amazing because it can heal. The heart can't, kidneys can't, spleen can't. But the liver, if I was to remove 70% of your liver, you can survive and it can grow back. So the liver is an amazing organ and the liver is the detoxification organ. So a lot of the damage that was done 
uh, from anything you do, not just COVID, but from eating a bad diet, alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, artificial sweetener, breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, uh, the, the traditional American diet or what we call a standard American diet damages the liver every day. When I was young, when I went to school, actually, I guess I was young then, we knew that if you had fatty liver, it was caused by alcohol. That was it. Now we're finding fatty liver in five-year-olds. Not all, but some. And a lot of it has to do with sugar, high fructose corn syrup, additives, attacking the liver. Again, the nice part is when you take the stress off the liver, the liver has amazing regenerative capabilities. So just consider that. So another important fact is that since a major focus on respiratory symptoms when COVID hit, many think that the research uh, should be on the lungs. But it turns out that, yeah, we had respiratory issues, but it's affecting a lot of other organs. We're going to talk about the heart in just a second. Heart and cardiovascular system. To add to that, the tests being used lack specificity for long COVID. Let me make sure you understand that statement. The tests that we're using now don't test for long COVID. There is no test for long COVID. We can test for COVID. We can see if you're positive or negative. And that was one of the problems. You come back with a negative test and you say, I'm fine. My COVID's over. I had COVID. I got tested. But we can't test for the long COVID. Now, we're trying to develop better uh, tests to pinpoint long COVID sufferers sooner and increase the probability of relief for a lot of these people. Because... I, I can't tell you how many patients, how many messages come to my website, drjoe.com. I'm exhausted. I still can't breathe. I have this chronic cough. Uh, my digestive system has just been a wreck since I had COVID. What do I do about it? Well, now we start to look at the, the list of symptoms, 200 of them, and we say you have this, 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 and this, and it happened right after COVID. We can guess it's probably a long COVID case. But don't worry, I'm going to tell you what to do about it, which is good. So I want to talk about the heart for a second and, and it's uh, the symptoms and what's involved with people that have it. Now, uh, if I have time, and I may not, that's why I want to cover it now. We're finding now that people that get heart transplants from donors that have had COVID have a substantially lower survival rate than people that they get heart transplants from people who didn't have COVID. Now, studies are early on, but we're seeing a correlation here. So the question comes up in, in the health world, what do we do about it? And that's a rhetorical question because I don't have an answer for it. What do we do about it? I need a heart. Bob died. Bob's going to give me his heart. Bob had COVID. What do I do? Well, we don't know yet. But I'm just letting you know that there's still stuff out that we don't know. So when it comes to the heart, uh, multiple suspected causes of, of long COVID, disturbing what's called the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. The way that works is your hypothalamus is in your brain. Your pituitary gland is up there. And, hypo, uh, yeah, and then it goes into the adrenals as well. So one feeds into the other, which feeds into the other, which has a negative feedback loop. And it's how we function. The adrenal glands are so important. They produce anti-inflammatories. They produce sex hormones. They produce adrenaline for energy. Most of us have burned out our adrenal glands. So that's a phrase. You don't really physically burn them out. But you've just worn them out and they just can't keep pace. So you might have fatigue. You might have bags under your eyes. You might have low sex hormones, low sex drive, um, chronic inflammation throughout the body because the adrenal glands just can't keep pace. So we're thinking now that, again, all this hypothesis, that the COVID has affected the pituitary adrenal gland um, 
and hypothalamus uh, uh, axis, it's called, and that can be an issue. The mitochondrial damage is the one that everybody I seem to be leaning toward. Again, this is my opinion at this point. In the case of circulatory system, microvascular blood clotting and dysfunction of, this, of the cells and the brain stem that trigger the messages that go to the blood vessels seem to have been damaged. And what's happening is we're finding viral proteins or RNA in the cardiovascular system, the gut, the nervous system, the reproductive system, the brain, the muscles, the eyes, the lymph, the appendix, the breast tissue, uh, the liver, the lung, the plasma, the stool, the urine. So we're finding remnants of this virus in these parts of the body. And it's a big issue because what do we do to get out of it? And again, I'll tell you what's happening, what, what the uh, most recent research is, and it's very positive. So that's good news. There are certain supplements that seem to help. Uh, there's certainly a dietary protocol that seems to work to keep you from preventing, preventing you from getting infections, including this, and what to do with it after you get it. So there's good news coming up. It's a little tease. In the business, we call that a tease. I'm going to keep you hanging on. So... Most long COVID cases are non-hospitalized patients with mild acute illness. That's really important that you understand that because you think, well, it couldn't have been COVID. I just had a mild case. You might even know you had it. I don't know how many people had it were never uh, tested, especially early on. Everybody thought they had a bad cold. I remember that happening. I guess it was a bad cold. Maybe it wasn't. And then you could test for antibodies because your body would respond to it. But again, all of that's great, but if you don't have a plan to do anything about it, what good is it? So uh, this one article was reviewed. It said long COVID. Uh, uh, you could search it if you wanted to. It's, it's in uh, PubMed. And other organs attacks, uh, article reports, cardiovascular events, specifically something called POTS. Now, years ago, we hardly ever saw a case of POTS, P-O-T-S, and now we see it all the time. Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. What that means is you stand up, your blood pressure drops, you get dizzy, and your heart starts racing. Anybody have that? There's a word for it called POTS. Now, that's the adrenal gland again. The adrenal gland probably, probably isn't kicking enough adrenaline to open up the blood vessels to increase the circulation up to the brain so that you don't get dizzy. And then the heart has to be faster trying to pump the blood up to the brain to keep you alive. And so when patients have POTS, and I remember when COVID first came out, patients came in and said, I was diagnosed with POTS. And I was like, God, I haven't heard that term since college, like on the board somewhere. I had to know that test. Now we got to look at the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands produce that energy to allow the blood pressure to go up. So if you have POTS, one thing we want to look at is blood flow abnormalities, metabolic changes. Um, And we find that when we do certain things, certain supplements, we find that there's uh, an increase in uh, the body's ability to stand up and not be dizzy. So there's a lot of good news actually with this, although many of you had these symptoms and don't know it. Now, I find, this is my personal experience with this, and I don't have any research to back what I'm saying, but a lot of people with long COVID, when they come see us for chiropractic care, we adjust the spine, open up the nerve and blood supply, allow that mobility to come back. We work on their digestive system. And they're able to start absorbing nutrients because, again, this long COVID can affect the digestive system. And we've seen many, many people benefit, plus supplements as well. Now, this is my anecdotal statement. I have no research to back that except what I've seen in my practice, for, and I've been doing this for a long time now. So if you have a health issue, and not just this, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, headaches, uh, there have been a car accident, sports injuries, 
Folks, chiropractic care is the most effective, least expensive treatment for, chiropr- for, for back pain. So if you have pain, come see us. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. I'd love to be your doctor. My team of doctors love to be your doctor. And we'd love to have the opportunity to work on getting the nervous system balanced. We're going to talk about that next. Talk about the digestive system. Talk about diet. Talk about supplementation. Not just for this, but for overall health. So if you'd like to make an appointment, go to my website, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E.com. And you, we can book you probably the same week. We, have, we always leave new patient appointments open uh, at all our offices, four offices, um, to try to get patients in right away. So if you're serious about wanting to get well, normally the first visit is $940. I've reduced that for my listeners to $299. That's an exam, x-rays, consultation, first treatment on the follow-up visit going over the x-rays, and a complete nutrition evaluation. I don't know anybody that's doing all that anywhere at any price. The x-rays alone are going to cost you more than that anywhere else. So if you're serious about wanting to get well and stay well, drjoe.com, we'd love to be your doctors. And if you're ever in a car accident, if you're ever in a car accident, if the car is damaged, you're damaged. I've never seen it any other way. So if you have, if you're in a car accident, uh, you may get calls from scam lawyers, from scam doctors. No one is ever going to call you and say, make an appointment. That's a scam. They got your in- information off a police report, off the internet. It's illegal and it's a scam. And I've never known anyone going to any of these scam doctors and lawyers and getting the services that they, they deserve. So drjoe.com, go with your people who you trust. So what we're talking about today is long COVID. Uh, this is a lot of research done by uh, Lynn Tuhey. She's a PhD. And so we're talking about uh, what the research is finding as of now. Again, this is probably going to change in a few years. Now, most COVID vulnerable organ systems, it affects what's called the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system controls your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen. I, I think of it as the automatic nervous system because you don't think about your spleen producing antibodies. You don't pre- think about your kidneys making urine. So the autonomic nervous system is where the effects seem to be. And uh, it's called dysautonomia, if you want to know the fancy word. But these are the nerves that control the organs, generally speaking. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the mitochondria because I mentioned that earlier, and you're going to learn a new word today, mitochondria. And you're going to find out that it is so important for your health. So mitochondria is the energy-producing part of the cell. If you look in a cell, it's got a little wall around it, and it's got a bunch of stuff going on in there. And one of the little organelles, it's called, little little piece of this cell is called a mitochondria. And... They seem to be hit hard with COVID infections. In addition to resulting in chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, there is insufficient amount of energy to the heart and the cardiovascular system. So when a mitochondria gets attacked, it can't produce enough electricity to make everything work the best it can. So you can have impaired oxygen extraction. Uh, may explain why exercise, and this is an important statement, exercise, which is normally thought as a standard treatment for people with fatigue, makes the problem worse. So if you have, you're wiped out, you try exercising, it wipes you out really, really bad, it could be that the mitochondria just can't produce enough electricity. When you exercise, your energy requirements skyrocket. And so you need more energy and the body just can't produce it. Mitochondria can't put out the electricity and you really crash hard. So there's analysis of U.S. Department of Veterans. Uh, they did uh, 150,000 individuals uh, that had COVID. And what they found was an increase in a variety of cardiovascular diseases. And once again, 
We think it's because the virus attacks the mitochondria. Mitochondria can't produce electricity. Electricity makes the heartbeat, lungs breathe, everything else work, and that becomes an issue. Heart failure, dysrhythmia, which is irregular heart beating, stroke. And now it's independent of the severity of the initial COVID-19 presentation. Got to remember, doesn't matter if it was bad or good. In this case with the heart, people get in the same reactions. They did cardiac MRIs. They revealed cardiac impairment, 78% of 100 individuals with prior COVID-19 episode. They investigated on an average uh, 71 days after the infection. 58% of the participants with long COVID uh, confirming that the cardiac abnormalities were widespread. So it's a big issue and it's affecting the heart. And this is one of the reasons why it's hypothesized that you're seeing young athletes drop dead out on the field because cardio, uh, the, the, the myositis, the inflammation of the, of the heart muscle occurs with this and the heart just can't keep the demand. And they're out really stressing their body. Mitochondria can't put out enough electricity and the heart just stops. And so this is what it seems to be. So we've got to start taking care of our mitochondria. See how we're going? See we're going with this? We're getting back to the cause of what we think is happening. You got to take care of your gut. Let's talk about the gut. Microbi microbiome, that's the bacteria in your colon. They uh, a composition significantly altered in COVID patients. So we could look at the bacteria in your colon, we're going to find it's been altered and not for the better, it's actually for the worse. Dramatically affects the sympathetic nervous system. That's the part of the nervous system that speeds you up. Right now, I'm running in sympathetic mode. I'm researching, I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm watching the clock, I'm making sure everything works right. That's sympathetic. Parasympathetic, when you calm down, sex, going to the bathroom, sleep, rest, meditation, listening to calming music, that's parasympathetic functions. Sympathetic speeds you up. And so it seems to be affecting the sympathetic nervous system, and there's a direct correlation between the gut and the brain, and it dramatically in it changes the way that works. And it seems to be that the gut is a huge target for people with COVID. Now, if you had COVID, you might have known that you lost your hunger. You maybe had diarrhea. You had cramping. These were all symptoms of the virus attacking the gut. Remember we said it attacks multiple systems in the body. We talked about the heart, the brain it can affect. It can affect the lungs, which of course we all knew about. But now it turns out it's affecting a lot of other parts of the body as well. And when it's altered... Fungus can grow in the colon. And when the fungus starts to grow, that causes the immune system to go crazy. And that can increase inflammation in the body. And as inflammation is increased, <clears throat> that causes a lot of these long-term problems. So the research, again, is ongoing. But long COVID subjects with dysbiosis, that's uh, abnormal bacteria in their colon, we found that they had much lower levels of good bacteria. So the virus seems to somehow wipe out the good bacteria in the colon. So with that, they've done this study. Uh, they've transferred gut bacteria from patients with long COVID. Uh, they did it in mice, actually. I'm sorry, not in patients. Uh, uh, they did it uh, with mice, and they transferred it into mice colons. And the result was loss of cognitive function and impaired lung defenses in the mice. So we know it's working in mice if we take the bad stuff and put it in their colon. And apparently it's working in humans, too. This emphasized the fact that probiotics, good bacteria, are so important. It's so helpful when it comes to initial attacks and with long COVID as well. 
And that's supporting the research that shows probiotics can be part of the protocol. I'm going to talk about other supplements that seem to be helping, and most importantly, the lifestyle that's helping the most. So folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. If you want to make an appointment to come see us, not just for this, but neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, digestive issues, headaches, go to my website, drjoe.com. Again, chiropractic care, most effective, least expensive treatment for back pain. Uh, supplement, nutrition concerns, brain function, drjoe.com. Follow me on social media, at Dr. Joe Esposito. We post health tips every single day, so you don't want to miss that. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app.